0: Go to Matthew chapter twenty-four. Matthew chapter twenty-four. I'm not going to do the full scripture reading tonight, just because I'm going to be uh, covering a lot of Bible tonight. I want to try to make sure that I can get through this, uh, get through this whole thing tonight, and uh, hopefully be a blessing to you tonight. Um, one of the things that's a tradition I started four years ago. So four years ago, you all know it was around that time I kind of got my head screwed on straight when it came to uh, this, you know, things of Israel and Zionism and, and all that good stuff. And so one of the things that I preached four years ago, I preached a message called God's Chosen People. And pr- uh, showing the truth about, uh, God's chosen people, who they really are, that they are believers, that they are not an ethnic group, that God is not a respecter of persons, God does not give someone special privilege because of their physical DNA. And Uh, But unfortunately, many people have just bought into this stuff. They have uh, eaten it up hook, line, and sinker, and uh, a lot of foolishness and craziness goes into it. You know, and I'm just going to tell you right now, sadly, you know, I used to be into some of this. I went to Israel way back in uh, 2000, and I got the typical pro-Israel, you know, Zionist propaganda shoved down my throat, and, you know, you get all caught up in stuff, and Uh, You know, later you find out the truth and then you're embarrassed. You know, that's what, and we ought to prove all things. But go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 24. I want to read a couple of verses before I get going on this and tell you what I'm going to be talking about tonight. But it says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 1, it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So right there, Jesus makes a very specific prophecy about the temple. I mean, really specific. He says there's not going to be one stone left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And what's interesting uh, we're going to see about that prophecy is this isn't the first time that's prophesied. There's other prophecies in the Old Testament that prophesied of a coming destruction of Jerusalem. And Jesus prophesied that, that temple that was kind of the focal point of Israel, that was what drew them all together, He said it's going to be destroyed. And the reason it was going to be destroyed was punishment for their rejection of the Messiah. And then two, partly because God was done with using a temple. Jesus' body was that temple, and they destroyed it, and three days later He raised it up from the dead. And the sacrifice of our sins was not sacrifices that were done in a temple, but it was a sacrifice that was done on a cross. Jesus Christ is the real temple. Jesus Christ is the real way of salvation. But that temple was something that was about to come to an end. And one of the things that we're hearing today, and one of the things we see in prophecy, is that one day a temple is going to be rebuilt. And when it comes to Zionism, and you're all familiar with it, you hear me rant about it all the time, but everybody likes to talk about the land of Israel. And interestingly enough, uh, Miss Hazel today brought me in something that she got in the mail today. And this is, it's called Save the Bible Lands. F-O-Z. Friends of Zion. And it's got all this stuff in here about the history of the land and how God promised it to Abraham. To Abraham and his seed. And it's time. this is our time to stand and fight for Israel. And three things you can do. And they put them in order of least importance in reality. Alright, but the first thing is pray. Your prayers are an essential link. Two, stand. Sign the enclosed petition to President Donald Trump and Ambassador Nikki Haley and her successor urging them to save the Bible lands. And then, this is what they really want. You all know what it is. What is it? Yeah. Give. That's right. Give your financial support of the Jerusalem Prayer Team is a vital investment in this great cause, as it enables us to gather believers from around the world to pray and to influence world leaders through our combined voices. So basically, they want to—they're th- conning these, trying to con these old ladies into giving their money to basically hire lobbyists. Influence politicians. Well, what do you think that they, what do you think these people are going to do? You know what they're going to do? They're going to go to politicians telling them to kill Muslims. That's what they're going to do. And they're wanting people to give their money. And it, but it's all fine because you know it's for Israel. You get away with it if you just say it's for Israel. And guess what? If you help do this, you can get if you give give thirty dollars or more, they'll send you a special Friends of Zion travel mug F O Z on it, or For a gift of $60 or more, you can get an FOZ Star of David bracelet. Or, if you give a gift of $100 or more, I hope I'm not doing free advertising for these people. I hope nobody watches this live stream and is dumb enough to give to this. But it says, we will send you a beautiful ram's horn shofar. The Jewish people have used these angel horns for centuries to call people to worship. Come on. Alright, let's just... It's, it's frustrating. And people fall for this stuff. People fall for this stuff all the time. I had a lady one time call this church ask about our church. Hey, what do you believe? Do you guys use the King James Bible? Yes. Do you guys believe once saved, always saved? Yes. Do you guys stand with Israel? I said, no. We never saw her. Uh, she ne- she never came and visited. Ne- never came and visited. And, and she was one of these, like, I-, I think we got to stand with Israel. And she even meant, she gave money, she gives money towards it. And, Today, one of the biggest groups that is getting money from Christian people that is an absolute fraud is what is known as the Temple Mount Institute. And I've been to the Temple Mount Institute. They obviously got some of my money because I went to Israel. I'm sure part of my package that I paid... Paid for my admission in there. And I got to see all the things that they've made, the artifacts artifacts for the temple and all that stuff. And they talk about how they're all ready to build this temple. And then, you know, everybody gets all excited, man. They're just about to build this temple. You know, the rapture means rapture is about to come. And everybody gets all fired up about it. But they said, but here's the thing something's stopping them from building that temple. Okay? And then that picture up there, you see, where that Dome of the Rock is, they will tell you that that is Jerusalem. They will tell you. And it is Jerusalem today, and I believe it was part of Jerusalem in the Bible day. You see, there, kind of on the right, it's kind of hard to tell. The picture not real clear. That's where the Eastern Gate is, and behind there is where Solomon's Temple was. That is what they tell you. When I went there, I took pictures of it. This is where the Temple used to be. I took pictures of it. I'm standing on the Mount of Olives. At one time, there was a Temple there. I'm thinking that's cool. I'm imagining back when Solomon's Temple was there. This is where this happened. This is where Jesus did this. This is where this took place. They're telling all these stories where all these things happened. And I'm getting all excited. I'm, I'm seeing all these things. And you know, one of these days they're going to build a temple there. But before that can happen, they gotta get rid of that mosque. They gotta get rid of that dome of the rock. We gotta get these Muslims off there because we know in the tribulation the temple's gonna be there. And of course we're not gonna be here for the tribulation. So the thing is, if we can help get the temple built, you know, or get it ready Then the Lord's going to have to get us out of here so they can get them in there. And so it's like, man, we've got to, we've got to do something to them Muslims, man. We've got to go drive them Palestinians out of the land. And you know, and it's all this just pro Israel. And that's what you're supposed to give your money to so these people can go talk our politicians into bombing Muslims and killing Palestinians so the Jews can get that because that land belongs to them. God gave the land to Abraham and they tell you all that stuff. Well, let me give you all a news flash here. That spot is not where the temple was. The temple was never there. And the Bible and archaeology and history, either of the three all by themselves, can easily prove, the Bible by itself can prove, the temple was never there. And let me tell you something, the Temple Mount Institute is an absolute fraud. And it is nothing more than a way to steal money from Zionist Christians so they can buy political power. And this, uh, it is an absolute fraud. All they're trying to do is set up an Antichrist system. And Christian people contribute to it. They support it. And the thing they don't even realize is the things these people are saying are just an absolute lie. And here's the thing. I'm going to show you. Everyone, This made me mad when I found out. Not only is that not the Temple Mount location, everybody knows it except for Christians. The Jews know it. The Muslims know it. The Catholics know it. And for some reason, Zionist Christians, we missed it. It's actually a weird... I'm going to show you. It's a weird superstition that makes that the location. And everyone knows it, folks. The Jews over there know it. There is there is no disputing this except with a bunch of just Zionist nutjobs. The, they're the only ones that can't figure it out. and Because unpo- we just listen to these people. We think because they're Jews and somebody called them God's chosen people, it's got to be true. But it's not. And so I want to show you first off this passage... Jesus prophesied there wouldn't be one stone left upon another. Well, if you go there, on the opposite side there is what we have is the Wailing Wall. And you all know about the Wailing Wall. Right here is a picture of our president visiting the Wailing Wall. Christians go there all the time, I mean every day. And Christians go there and they pray to a wall. People, Now, I didn't even do this. When I was Zionist... I didn't even do that when we went there. We went visit the Wailing Wall, and I remember watching people from our group go over there and they're putting their hands on the wall and just, ugh, you know, they're, 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 I mean, just intensely praying. And I remember I'm like, I thought we could pray anywhere, you know? Why, why is this a special place to pray? You know, I know we know better than idols, and even Christian people go and stuff their prayers in those walls. And you know when our president goes there. Greg Locke, this that goofball pastor in Tennessee, he like did some tweet or something I remember I remember reading. He was like working out in a gym and he saw Donald Trump visiting the Wailing Wall. And he just started crying. And he didn't care who saw him, because he saw the Bible being a prophecy uh, happening right before his eyes. And I'm thinking I don't remember seeing Donald Trump visiting the whaling wall in the Bible. But they, t- they will tell you when you go there that these walls are the outside area of where Solomon's temple was. Some people say it was actually a part of the temple. which that, Right there, that goes against. There will not be one stone left here upon another. Now, when I was there, I was told the way it was explained from our group, because that verse came up, the Bible says there wouldn't be one stone left upon another. So how could those have been a part of the temple? They said, well, that was about the temple This is a wall that was outside that temple. That's what we were told when we went there. But you know what? That's not true either. And I'll prove that to you. That wall was never any part of anything that had to do with the temple and it can easily be proven from the Bible. So first off, where was the Temple Mount? Where did they put the temple? Because this is significant because one of these days, Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign from where it was. Because he's going to rule and reign from Mount Zion. It says in Psalms 2, "He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh; the Lord shall have them in derision." Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Habakkuk or not Habakkuk? Hebrews twelve twenty two. But ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. It says in Revelation fourteen. Verse one, and I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him in hundred forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now there is a heavenly Zion, but you know what? There is an earthly Mount Zion too. There is an earthly Mount Zion. Where was this place? How can we know today where the actual location was of Mount Zion? Well, we're gonna we're gonna put kind of put two and two together here. Let's look at a few things. So first off. Way back in 2 Samuel 5, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion the same as the city of David. So this isn't to be confused with Bethlehem that was sometimes referred to be the city of David. Also, Jerusalem was referred to as the city of David because this was a city that David, he had took. And they called this stronghold of Zion the city of David. And it says, And David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites, and the lame and the blind and the hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore they said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. So David went in the fort and called it the city of David. And David built round about him from Millo and inward. So David called it the city of David. Psalms 48.12 says, Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye all her bulwarks, consider her places, that ye may tell it to the generation following. So, you know, they've made it in a way where people would know where it's at. And so look what it says in 1st, I'm going to be jumping to a lot of passages if you want to try to follow. It says in 1st Chronicles 21, 22, it says, Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. So David gave to Ornan for the place, verse twenty-five, six hundred shekels of gold by weight, verse 28. And at that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, then he sacrificed there. So David, he had purchased this place on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Okay, Before Jerusalem was Jerusalem, it was the land of the Jebusites. And so this particular place, the Bible tells the story of how David purchased this threshing floor. Look at 2 Chronicles 3.1 Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Orn and the Jebusite. Y'all see that right there? So the Bible makes it very clear. The place that David bought, it was called the city of David. It was Mount Moriah. Which does anybody else know what happened in Mount Moriah? That's where Abraham sacrificed, or was going to sacrifice Isaac. Interestingly enough. And the Bible says that that place is where Solomon built the house of the Lord. That is where the temple was built. So we know a couple things here. We know that the temple was built on the threshing floor of one of the Jebusite in the city of David on Mount Zion. So here's the question. Is that place right there the city of David? Is Is that Mount Zion or Mount Moriah? Was that the place in the threshing floor of Orn and the Jebusite? Let's look at some more uh, let's look at some more verses. It says In uh, 1 Kings 8:1. It says then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers, and the children of Israel and the King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is in Zion. So notice here. They're wanting to, you know. Uh, so, so it says the chief of the fathers and the children of Israel under King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. So they're bringing it out of the city of David into Jerusalem. So let me ask you: Is the temple then built in Jerusalem? All right, this is something that's kind of, it's, it's really close, all right, but it's something that's just right outside. You know, it could be part of the Jerusalem greater area if you want to put it that way for back, uh, lack of a better term. I'm not going to take time to read all that passage. But um, So we know this is where Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac. In Acts chapter 21 and verse 27. Well, before I show you this, let me show you uh, some pictures of where I believe it is. So right here, here's, this is, you, know, you see that's the old city right there. That's an example of, of, of what it looks like today. And then let me show you an example. Here's kind of a sky picture of it. So right there, you see the Dome of the Rock. That's supposedly where the Temple was, where the Temple Mount is. Well, down there at the bottom of the picture, you see the Gihon Spring there, and kind of to the left of that, that is what I'm telling you is Mount Zion. That is the location you can see outside, it's south of the Old City of Jerusalem. It's It's a completely different spot. That's the real location right there. And here's kind of an example of probably what it looked like. So that area up there on the right, that is an example of what it probably looked like in Jesus' day. And uh, we have uh, the old, that's called Fort Antonio. Antonia. That area there is what it's known as. And then the temple, you'll see it was outside that, a good distance away. And right there is an example of probably how it was laid out. Everybody wants to fight for that Fort Antonia area, but the truth is, Mount Zion is south of there. That is where it was actually at. So keep that picture in mind, and let me read a few more passages of Scripture to you to help you get a picture in your head. So it says in Acts 21, verse 27, And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw Him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on Him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and the law in this place. And further brought Greeks also into the temple and hath polluted his holy place. Verse 30, And all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating of Paul. So it's very clear here that when the soldiers came to kind of get control of the situation, it says they went down to the temple. Well, one of the reasons they want to say it's Fort Antonio because that's like the high area there. Which is a great place to build a fort, is it not? But the Bible's very clear that when Paul was in the temple, they brought him out of the temple, and it says that the soldiers, they came down to where Paul was. So can you see how that would work in that layout, and how that would not possibly work? And, and you know, I don't think I have a picture of what they try to say Fort Antonia is today, which is just absolutely impossible for it to be that. They're just, they're just lying. They know it's not Fort Antonia, but they lie because they have to. Look at verse 34. It says, "...and some cried one thing and some another among the multitude, and when they could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people." And then verse 37, "...as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee, who said, Canst thou so speak Greek? And then verse 40, And when he had given him license, Paul stood upon the stairs and beckoned with the hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake to them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, And it goes on to the message that he preached. So it's clear they brought, they, the soldiers came down to get to where he was outside of the temple, and they went to take him back up to the castle, and he stopped there on the stairs and preached to them. I mean, doesn't that, doesn't that line up perfectly with the Bible? I mean that, that's a, you can kind of see it just when you're reading the Bible. And the truth is, if the layout that they say is the case today, it just it doesn't even make any sense. But let me show you a few Old Testament prophecies about Jerusalem or not Mount Zion, sorry, that prove that that area that they say today it cannot possibly be the Temple Mount. It says in Jeremiah 26:18. It says Micah the Moreshthite, or uh, prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and spake to all the people of Judah, saying, "Thus saith the Lord of hosts: Look at this. Zion shall be a pl- be uh, shall be plowed like a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house of the high place of a forest. A plowed field is what it says it's going to be like." A plowed field. This is something that there's. You're not going to see any buildings. Okay. When you see a plowed field, you know what you see. You see dirt. That's all you see. You can see dirt. You don't see a big pile of rubble or anything like that. You don't see buildings still standing. You don't see massive walls still standing. Some of the uh, bricks of that wall there that they date back to Solomon's time are just hundreds of tons. Some of them. They're massive. Okay. The Bible said Zion was going to be like a plowed field. Therefore, it never could have been. It never could have been that area. It says in Micah 3.12. Therefore shall Zion, for your sake, be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. So right there, we see there is. I mean, you can just go there and you can prove that area was never plowed like a field. But that area south of there was. Most of the things there, you're not going to find any extremely ancient, you know, ancient as far as, you know, maybe third, fourth century stuff after 70 AD. But you're not going to find any buildings from before 70 AD in that area south of there. You know why? Because that's Mount Zion. You know why? Because it became like a plowed field, just like the prophet said it would. Another proof, too, that that never could have been the location. Is the fact the Gihon Springs was by the Tabernacle? Now this is this irks me too because I, I went here, I saw the Gihon Springs. We went into Hezekiah's Tunnel when we when we were there. We saw all these things, but nobody nobody bothered telling me um, this is actually where the temple was because I was really fascinated with all that stuff. I wanted to know that. And the and thing is, they know this in Israel today. They know where the Gihon Springs is. And you want to know where they found the Gihon Springs? Guess where they found the Gihon Springs? In this place right here. The city of David. Did you know the Jews all know the city of David is outside the walls of Jerusalem? They, they all know that. And let's see if I, I... I think I might have forgot to put the one picture. I didn't get the one picture in here. If you go on Google Streets, you can go on, I I was looking at it, I, I was on Google Earth, I'm looking around, I went down on the street view level, you can look at Google Streets, and if you go outside, you can go right in that area, and you can look and get, I mean, a perfect view of everything as it is there today, and I'm looking at the signs, and I saw a sign, it said, City of David, and Mount Zion. And I'm like, they know that's Mount Zion? Yes, they know it's Mount Zion. Did you know none of the Jews call where the Temple Mount is Mount Zion? Oh, here it is. Here. This, this is a picture from Google Streets. It's kind of hard to see, but that blue or that brown sign there it says Mount Zion. Okay, if you're on Google Streets looking at that, if you do like a 180 behind there, you'll see the Old City Jerusalem. They all know that that's Mount Zion. That that's the City of David. Archaeology's proved it. The Bible proves it. But for some reason, they're all still fighting for that Fort Antonia area. Now explain that to me. Okay? I'll, and I'll explain it to you in a little bit. But let's look at a few things just to, just to show you the Gihon Springs wasn't a part of where the temple was. It says in 1 Kings one thirty three, king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your lord, and cause Solomon my son to ride upon my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there, king over Israel. And blow ye the trumpet, and say, "God save King Solomon." Then ye shall come up after him, that ye may come and sit upon my throne, for ye shall be king in my stead, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, "Amen. The Lord God, my lord, the king, say so." "...as the Lord has been with my lord the king, even so be ye with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord the king." So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet and all the people said, God save King Solomon." And all the people came up after him, and the people piped with the pipes and rejoiced with a great joy that the earth rent with the sound of them. This was before Solomon built the temple, and they're anointed to be king, and that's where the tabernacle was. David put the tabernacle there, in that same spot. Where? And they brought him down to Gihon. Why? Because that's where the tabernacle was. And that's the place where Solomon built the temple, was the place where the tabernacle was at Gihon, where there was a spring there. And I'll say more about that. A little bit later, kind of give you more proof about that. I've got a lot of different uh, uh, scriptures, but one of these days, though, God is going to, He's going to rule from Zion. You know, the Lord dwelt in Zion, obviously the heavenly Zion, but I do believe this earthly Zion is kind of a picture of that. It is a special place here on this earth. But um, let's look at, let's jump down to Isaiah two. Because one of these days, the Lord, he's, he's gonna, Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to rule and reign from there. It says in Isaiah 2 2, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. And then Isaiah 24.23, it says, or notice in that verse, it says, the mountain of the Lord's house. Alright? That would be Mount Zion. That's where the Lord's house was. Isaiah 24:23. "...then the moon shall be confounded, the sun ashamed, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before the ancients gloriously." And then Micah 4-7, "...and I will make her that um, halted a remnant and her that was cast far off a strong nation and the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever." So the Bible is very clear in prophecy that God was going to reign from Mount Zion. So you know what? Shouldn't, shouldn't we be pretty interested in Mount Zion? And there's one bad thing about these Zionist people. all right? They're always wanting to give things that belong to Jesus Christ to the Jews. And here you go. You take a tour over to Israel. And you know where we spend all our time focusing on? Fort Antonio that the Jews want. Talking about the Jews. Why don't we shift our focus a little south, and focus on Mount Zion where the Lord's going to reign from. I don't know about you, but I'm really curious about that area. I'm really curious about that hill. One of these days, my Savior's going to rule and reign from that spot. We're going to go. People are going to go to see Him there and stand before Him there. Not on Fort Antonio. Not on that hill. It's going to be there. And yet, no, we're so obsessed with making the Jews happy and not offending the Jews because they will get offended if you point out the simple fact that wait a minute, you all are telling us that's Mount Zion. You all are telling us that spring is the Gihon Springs. Even in your Torah, it says the temple was built on Mount Zion. Can you please explain to me why we're focusing on this other hill? Did you know that that is very offensive? Just like if you were to have never heard of Bruce Jenner before, and you were to find out about Caitlyn Jenner, and you do some research into Caitlyn Jenner, and you see a picture of her when she was younger, and you're like, "Weren't you a man at one?" You know, you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say that. Why? Because that's offensive. But it's a fact. It's a fact. And you know what? The fact is, Mount Zion is where the temple was. Mount Zion is where Jesus Christ is going to reign from. But you know what? Most Zionist Christians won't say anything about it. You know what they're going to do? They're going to go on their little tours over to Israel and they're going to point at Fort Antonia. They're going to build a temple there one of these days and Jesus Christ is going to rule from that temple. No, He's not. No, He is not. That's not even the place. That is a fraud. They're going to go to the Temple Mount Institute. They're going to kiss the ears of the Jews. They're going to give money to these people. They're going to do all that junk, and it's all just a big fraud. For a, poli- it's just it's all about a land grab with these people. But the temple, you know, the temple was it was a very special place. But understand, it was temporary. It was temporary. Jesus Christ is the real temple. You know what? Now our body is the temple of God. That's what the Bible teaches. But let's look at some things in archaeology that line up with the Bible that I think are interesting. So the Gihon Springs. Look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 20. Because I think this Gihon Spring was actually discovered, and they discovered that the city of David was there. I think it was in the early 1900s, maybe late 1800s. I, I forgot what it was exactly. But it says in 2 Kings 20, verse 20, and the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and all his might, and how he made a pool and a conduit and brought water into the city. Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Hezekiah, the Bible tells us what Hezekiah made. Do you know you can go see that today? I mean, right here is a picture of it. I got to see that when I was there. Guess where it wasn't? It wasn't under Fort Antonia. It wasn't in Jerusalem. It was in the city of David on Mount Zion. Just like the Bible says. here's, Here's another picture of it. It says in Second Chronicles 32.30, the same Hezekiah also stopped the upper watercourse of Gihon and brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David and Hezekiah prospered in all his works. You know, so modern day Israel recognizes that as Gihon. They recognize it as Hezekiah's tunnel. They understand all of that. They will admit they've not found any spring anywhere near where Jerusalem is. But they have found one right there, just like the Bible says. So let's look at some things in history that I think are also very interesting. So archaeology proves it. All right? Ar- arche- I mean, the Bible proves it by itself. Archaeology, okay, Bibles first. Bibles enough. Alright, but let's go ahead and look at archaeology. And if arche- the archaeology act actually lines perfectly with the Bible. And let's look at history. Let's look at a few examples. Because ancient secular historians... Also noted, there was a spring within in the temple. Now I'm going to butcher some of these names, but Aristeus, a traveler to Jerusalem in the 3rd century B.C., when the temple originally built under the leadership of Zerubbabel, Ezra and Nehemiah, before the king, expanded by Herod, wrote, the temple faces the east and its back toward the west. The whole floor is paved with stones and slopes down to the appointed places that water may be conveyed to wash away the blood... From the sacrifices, for many thousand beasts are sacrificed there on the feast days, and there is an exhaustible supply of water because an abundant natural spring gushes up from within the temple area. Now, would it make sense? Because remember, they don't have running; they didn't have water towers back then. They didn't have all the running water and things like we do today. So wouldn't it make sense if you're going to have a temple where you're going to be sacrificing animal after animal where the priests, to do a lot of their things they have to do, they have to be cleansed. You need a water source, don't you? So it makes perfect sense to build everything with a temple right there over the Gihon Springs. And it just so happens... The Bible tells us that's what they did. It just so happens that history tells us that's exactly what they did. Let's look at a few more examples of things in history. Tacitus, one of the most celebrated historians of ancient Rome, whose writings are still extant, also described the springs within the temple. says, "...the temple resembled a citadel and had its own walls, which were more laboriously constructed than others." Uh, in which it surrounded formed an admirable outwork. It contained an inexhaustible spring. There, subterranean excavations in the hill and tanks and cisterns holding rainwater. So once again, we see they mention it there. Caesar gave orders that they should now demolish the entire city and temple. And it was so thoroughly laid, even with the ground, by those that dug it up to the foundation that there was left nothing to make those that came thither believe it had ever been inhabited that was by Josephus he wrote this after Josephus was an eyewitness to the destruction of the temple Josephus saw with his own eyes exactly what Jesus said would come to pass come to pass and Josephus said that it was he, he noticed that it said uh, it was so thoroughly laid even with the ground by those that dug it up to the foundations. Now, why did they do that? Why did they dig it up to the foundations like that? Uh, Well, let's read another example here. It says, as explained by Roman historian Josephus, it says, "...many Jews hid gold and silver within the walls of various structures. Thus, after raising the city with fire..." the Roman armies literally ripped every building apart stone by stone to recover the massive treasures of gold and silver that melted into the cracks and crevices of various bricks. The holy city was literally a pile of stripped and discarded stones fulfilling the very specific prophecy Christ made decades earlier and a prophecy from the book of Micah Therefore, shall Zion, for your sake, be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountains of the house as the high place of the forest. So the reason they tore it down so thoroughly is because we see in the Bible, there was a ton of gold in the temple, wasn't there? I mean, there was a lot of gold. So if they burn it down, all that gold's melting down in there. So you know what? They're going to tear it all apart to get to that gold because that's worth a lot of money. So just like the Bible said, they ripped that place down to the foundation, and what did he say? He said you couldn't even tell it had ever been inhabited. That's another way of saying it, it'll be like a plowed field. That's what. That's exactly what he's saying right there. So that was, Josephus was an eyewitness. It says. So uh, it says. And look at this. Josephus also said this. The one building left standing in the city was a lasting tribute to the conquering army the Roman Fort Antonia. Look at that. He said there's one place that's still left left standing, the Roman Fort Antonia. Fort Antonia, built by Herod, was a massive fortification that housed the 10th legion of the Roman army. Titus, after conquering Jerusalem, made the fortress the permanent base for the legion to prevent any further revolutions by the Jews. Roman fortresses were made to house six to 10,000 soldiers and supporting servants. That right there is a good example of that. Notice right here in this picture, um, right here, this is an example of some ruins of a Roman fortress laid out exactly like the one in Jerusalem is just it's not as much of it is standing today. That is how the Romans built their forts. And so we see that even history it shows hey, there's one building left standing. It's that fort it's that Roman fort Antonia that was built by Herod the Great. And that's what everybody's looking at today. That is what's left. That is what Josephus was talking about. But they want to say Fort Antonio, I and mean, you can't see it in the picture. It's like this real small section building up in the right-hand corner up there. It couldn't have fit six to ten thousand troops in there. There's absolutely, absolutely no way. But that there could have. So just once again, showing how history lines up with it. This says ancient writings by the Masada Jews, who famously committed suicide before falling into the hands of Roman forces in 73 A.D., who were also eyewitnesses to the destruction of the Second Temple, they confirmed the presence of the Roman fortress. It says, "...what has become of our city which was believed to be inhabited by God? It is now demolished to the very foundations and the only monument of it that is left is the camp of those who destroyed it which is still pitched upon its remains." They said, only thing left... For Antonia, that does date back to the time of Christ. That does date back to 70 A.D. Just and that, my friends, is Fort Antonia. That is not Mount Zion. That is not where the Temple Mount was. It says, so how so? How did this become accepted? All right, why why are Christian people saying that? Why are Baptists like myself at 19 years old? Going to stand on the Mount of Olives, getting their picture taken with Jerusalem behind them. Why are we, do, you know, why are we doing that when everybody seems to know that that's not it? Why would, why would my Baptist leader in that group point it from the Mount of Olives at that hill and say, that's where Solomon's Temple was? That belongs to the Jews. They need to be allowed to build their temple there, you know, so the Lord can come back and get us out of here. When everybody knows that's not it. You know, why? How did that happen? Well, more history. When Omar built the Al-Aqsa Mosque around the Dome of the Rock, which uh, you can't see that in the picture either, listen to this. He used two stones from the true temple location that were left over from two attempts by the Jews to rebuild the te- temple in 4th century AD. In the 4th century, the Jews made attempts to rebuild their temple. And Omar decides to take two stones from there. And he moves them over here. And he builds it there. Thus, look at this, let, let's read this. So it says one of those stones was made the quibla stone in the mosque, which points towards Mecca. Muslims believe, and I might not say this right, in Baraka, a process by which the power or nature of a holy site can be transferred to another when the same stones are used. Do we believe that? Do we see that teaching anywhere in the Bible? No. So thus, in Muslim thought, the Al-Aqsa Mosque became the site of Solomon's temple. Like Bruce Jenner became a woman. Sadly, Christian crusaders who seized Jerusalem in the 12th century AD also adopted this superstition and recognized the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock as the actual location of the Holy Temple, calling it Templum Domini or Temple of the Lord. So basically... It's just a tradition that made it become, the teaches that became the site. Everyone knows that it's not the site. The Jews know it's not the site. The Muslims know it's not the site. The Catholics know it's not the site. There's just a superstition that says if you move some stones, nature moves with it. And it just becomes the new location. That, folks is absolutely ridiculous. Do, do we as Christians believe that? No. So, what happened? Alright, because here's the thing. Most Baptists say when they go over there, I don't believe my tour guide believes in Baraka. Or whatever that is. I don't believe he believes that. You know what happened to him? He believes a bunch of people who call themselves Jews and are not, but do lie, and are the synagogue of Satan. Somebody has told them that these guys who wear a yarmulke, these white dudes, who, you know, took over that moved over to that land and have claimed it for themselves, they call themselves Jews, he has been told that he's supposed to support them. That everything they say is okay and should be accepted. Somebody told them that they're God's chosen people because of the way they learned to rightly divide the scriptures from somebody named Clarence Larkin and C. I. Schofield. They learned all that, and so they are just blindly trusting these guys without studying the Bible for themselves. And they don't even realize what they are fighting for. They are they're fighting to get the Jews to build a temple, and I believe the Jews are going to build the temple right there. But understand, it's a fraud. It's an Antichrist temple. It's a fake. It's only going to be something that they're going to use to try to just you know, unite the world or whatever only for the Antichrist to just turn and He's going to kill people. And you know what? We're going to be included in that group. But you know what? These guys don't care. They don't give a rip. You know why? Because they're, we're going to be out of here. I'll be gone. That's their, that's their attitude. The tribulation is... I'll be gone. That's the, they don't even care. And these very people... And this is their belief... So they go over to these Jews. Oh, you are God's chosen people. We have so much respect for you. We love you so much. Let us give you our money. And you all are going to build the temple? Let's help you. Let's help you build that temple. And in their minds thinking, they're going to build that temple. The Antichrist is going to come do the abomination of desolation Then He's going to turn and He's going to kill all these Jews. These people that they're trying to bless believe that what they're doing will help them build a temple where in their minds, is only just going to cause the Antichrist to go in there, desecrate it, and kill Jews. Boy, I hope they don't love me as much as they love them. If they love them and that's what they're trying to do them, what would they try doing to me? I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Well, I'm not trying to do it. It's just that's what the Bible says is going to happen. Well, first off, that's not exactly how it's going to happen. And second of all, just because the Bible says some bad things are going to happen, the Bible also says things are going to wax worse and worse. So, are we supposed to help it get worse? For men to be lovers of themselves, I'm just going to start loving myself because you know the Bible says that's going to happen, and I want to help the Bible come true. The Bible says there's going to be a falling away. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go spread false doctrine. Is that not ridiculous? But that's what they're doing. And so it is. It's just a tradition. And listen, you say oh, it's. What's the big deal? It's not that important. Well, first off, it is important. The Bible's very clear Jesus is going to rule from Mount Zion. The Bible tells us that. I don't know why it would tell us that over and over again if it were not for the fact that we needed to know it and it was important. And here's another reason it's important. We know that the Antichrist is going to declare himself to be God. Guess where? There. He's going to declare himself to be God. There. But where is God going to rule and reign from? Over there is where He's going to rule and reign from. And because people are too stupid to even realize that that is not Mount Moriah, Moriah, that is not Mount Zion, that is not the city of David, they're going to sit there and they're going to watch a guy from the wrong place, say, here I am fulfilling the prophecy of reign from Mount Zion. And then they're going to be like, okay. And they're going to go right along with it. Just because of ignorance for this false Temple Mount too, it is a focal point for the world that will probably eventually lead us into World War III. That, because that's what it's all about. You want to get Baptists supporting any war, any war, just tell them we're doing this to help Israel get the Temple Mount. And Baptists will be buying bullets and bombs and you know spending all their missions money trying to you know put bombs in the hands of a bunch of crazy Israelis so they can go blow up Muslims. And you don't think they won't do that? Folks, they're doing that kind of junk right now. They are doing it. There are Baptist missionaries, Baptist ministries that raise money to help buy guns and bulletproof vests and you know ATVs and all these things to help Jews fight Muslims with missions money they're doing. They're buying these guys bulletproof vests, adjustable stocks for their guns. I mean, I've i got the prayer letters of these guys asking money for this stuff and naming Baptist pastors who live not far from here that are donating money to this cause. Some of our church, let's we're going to support Israel and we're going to go buy their military bulletproof vests. We're going to go buy them some flashlights for their guns because we want to make sure they can see the Muslims when they're shooting at them. How can you what must God think watching Baptists spend missions money buying weapons to kill Muslims? Whatever happened, to the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But you know what? That's what happens when you have a church that's let false doctrine come in. You can get deceived into all kinds of craziness. That's what happens When you've got a people that don't even have a clue what revival looks like, they don't know what the power of God looks like. And so what do they do? They get caught up in all these Jewish fables they're telling about the Six-Day War and about all these miracles and things that God did. And they get all caught up in these stories. They get all excited about them. None of them fact check these things. None of them know if it's even a reality, and I just want to see the Lord do a work I want to see the Lord some fulfill some kind of prophecy and I'd just like to be a part of it if we can do whatever we can do folks you know to raise some money to help be a blessing to God's chosen people you know we might see it work and maybe we'll see them Jews just kill all of them Muslims and we can see them get that land and build that temple and what a great thing it's going to be and before we know it, the rapture's going to come and we're going to be out of here amen and then boy these people you know, how much who do I write the check to? And they just eat it up, and it is it is just a bunch of foolishness. This is the Temple Mount. This is one more example of Jewish fables and Jewish deception. And this stuff is running rampant in churches. And listen, you know, February is coming up. It's when a lot of these uh, uh, trips to Israel and things are going on. One I used to be, uh, I used to go to, and they're going to go, there, and they are going to, they're going to take them to the Temple Mount Institute. They're going to give them a bunch of money. They're going to tell these people how much they love and how much they support them. They're going to get them all fired about prophecy. The Jews are going to tell them the exact same story that they told almost 20 years ago when I went there. We've got everything already. We've got the red heifer. We've got. I mean, every other month there's a new story coming up. They've got the red heifer. Listen to the fulfillment of prophecy. They've had the red heifer. They've been doing that story for 20 years. And everybody gets all excited about this stuff. Oh man, coming's got to be close. The rapture's almost here. They're all ready to build that temple. We're seeing prophecy fall before our eyes. Donald Trump kissed the wailing wall. I remember reading that in the Bible somewhere in 1 Corinthians. I think it said the last Trump. I mean, and this is passing off as Bible preaching today. And that kind of junk, like I just did, that kind of theatrics, that will get people throwing their money into the offering plates so they can go and they can give them to, to people like. These these goofballs, you know, petition to Donald Trump. We got one right here that we can sign. To Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. I'm going to sign a petition and send it to them. I mean, sending these to old ladies, I mean, thank God, at least ones from our church are wise enough to see this and to know better. You know, thankfully, she came here this morning, all fired up. Look what I got in the mail. Damn it. You know? She went to most churches today. Oh man, you ought, you ought to write them a check. Man, get that Star of David bracelet, probably made by you know disabled Jews. You know, you'll you'll get an extra blessing for that. That's a way you can be a blessing to God's people. You know? You're wanting that new new car? You know, send money to the Jews, and the Lord will bless you. This stuff, it's just it's beyond me, folks. And you know what? I I mean I thank God He woke me up to it, and I'm trying to be patient. With people who are a little slower than I am around. It took me longer than it should have to come around on this subject. But you know what? I fully intend to continue just exposing the lies and the foolishness of this junk and you know and, and humiliating these people. I believe very strongly in humiliate to rehabilitate. And let me tell you something. I mean, this was just this year, folks. This year. I was listening to Brother Joe Major preach a message on this subject. And I'm listening to him show all these Scriptures and I'm like, one, I thought I got rid of all the Jewish lies I had in my head. I thought I got rid of all that Zionist junk. You mean that's not... I'm I'm not mad at him. I'm furious at just how I was taught. I'm furious at that tour group that I went with. I'm furious at myself For just not fact checking this stuff. Because it's so, it's so obvious. I'm like, well, search this on the internet. Everybody knows about this, but me. What's going on? I mean, I'm the one that's actually been there. Why did they tell me that's the Eastern Gate right there? Why did they, right there in that picture, they told me that that's the eastern gate and there's a prophecy, I think it's in Ezekiel somewhere, about it being shut up. It's not going to be open again until the Messiah comes. See how it's sealed up? There was a king back in the 4th century. He decided he was going to open up and he died in his sleep that night. But wait a minute. That's not the eastern gate. And the thing is, when that prophecy was written... That wall wasn't even built yet. Did you? I found this out too. I I was there. They told me this. Because they told us that prophecy, but then they told us what century that wall was built. I don't remember what it was. And I was like... But if it said in the Old Testament... Man, I'm I'm confessing. Folks, I'm so embarrassed. I said, if in the Old Testament they prophesied that that gate was going to be shut... And it wasn't going to be open until the Messiah went through it. I don't remember how the verse went exactly. And that wall wasn't built until after the time of Christ, and that gate was. Shouldn't that I'm pretty sure that gate was probably opened at some time before they sealed it off. I mean, for you to seal off the gate, doesn't have to be open at some time? So how could that be the gate that it's talking about? I remember thinking that and asking them that question. And they didn't really have an answer and I'm just like, oh well, go juice. You know? And people are going to go, I paid $2,500 for that trip. It's a lot more expensive now. I was single then. I was going to go again the next year too, but then when I got engaged. That changed everything. I don't need to say anymore, <laughs> But this kind of stuff folks this is a great example of the kind of deception that is being shoved down people's throats in the name of Zionism and the name of an antichrist system and the people God's people are being deceived by this junk and it's high time we stop just being you know ignoring the facts like I did. Stop ignoring the facts but listen when you see something that doesn't add up there's a reason why. Because something's probably wrong, and we can't—we're not just going to ignore it and then just buy into some superstition. Okay, that—that that doesn't make sense. And not everybody's stupid. I—I I have enough respect for you guys that I wouldn't just take a couple bricks from here and move them to another location across town, and then decide that's the 2002 Ninth Avenue and the location of Liberty Baptist Church. And then when all of a sudden you guys find me over there, try to convince you we're still in the same place. You know, but that's that's exactly what they did there, and we need we need to wake up to these things. And so I hope this will help to you. I hope this will just cause you one you know one more time to just question the junk that these people are trying to shove down our throats. And we got to ask ourselves. I saw another pastor the other day bought a new commentary from a Jewish rabbi on the Old Testament. Can't wait to read it. Okay. All right. That's it. I like. wonder what he says about Isaiah 53 in there. You know, probably the same thing the rucktards do. You know, that's not talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, because that wasn't in the Old Testament. So, so anyway, folks, I've I, I, I ran enough on that. I hope this was a blessing and you learned something from it. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that you uh, made things clear in the Bible so we can see through, Lord, this mass deception. God, it's just it blows my mind just how gullible our world is. And Lord, not even just gullible, just anxious to be lied to and deceived. And dear Lord, I pray you'll help people to just take the blinders off and to stop supporting an antichrist system and help them to just look at the Bible and just common sense and recognize the truth of these things and that they will reject this foolishness for what it is. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. Let's turn to page one hundred.